Welcome to Autism for Badass Moms, the podcast for moms who are ready to reclaim their power and unleash their inner badass. I am Rashida Cartwright, your host, and like you, I am a mom of children living with autism. Together we will redefine what it means to be a mom raising children with autism, one badass step at a time. Ready to defy expectations? Shatter glass ceilings? Let us equip you with the tools and knowledge you will need to overcome life's challenges. So join us on this empowering journey to becoming a true badass mom, fierce, determined, and courageous. Hey, badass. I'm your host, Rashida Cartwright, a badass autism mom myself, and I am super excited to be kicking off the very first episode of Autism for Badass Moms. This podcast has been a long time in the making only because I had to get out of my own way to bring forth a stellar show that you deserve. For those out there who don't know me, I'm a mother of four children, two carry a diagnosis of autism, My one child, he's diagnosed with autism as well as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And they were diagnosed, I would say, at the age of three. And forgive me if I can't really recall the exact ages, but to my autism moms out there, you know that we have to remember a whole lot of things from appointments to what our children's IEP goals were like two years ago. And now my kids are nine and 13, and I can't really believe it. I have a 13-year-old. And like many of you, I found myself navigating unfamiliar territory, filled with confusion and at times frustration. I remember when I received the initial diagnosis, uh, I was really in shock. I was at my pediatrician's office with my husband, and Like many of us, that's where we tend to get the diagnosis from our pediatrician. And it wasn't something that I walked in expecting. Um, He was basically checking or not checking off the boxes of milestones. Um, And basically, my child wasn't making the milestones, like the walking on time or talking on time, anything, he was delayed. And uh, I can't, I, I remember when he looked at us and he said, um, have you ever heard of autism before? And I'm like, I kind of did, um, but not, not quite. I didn't have really any friends who had a child on the spectrum. Um, I probably, like many others, watched the show Rain Man, the movie, um, and that's as close as I got to it. And then he pulled out his pen, paper, and gave me the telephone number to early intervention. And and I'm just like, why why are you giving us early intervention? What is that? It wasn't full explanation. He said, you know, they're going to come to your home, they're going to evaluate him, and they're going to put services in the home. And just as quick as the words rolled off his tongue, was as quick as our lives changed. And like right now I kind of feel like, it's kind of taking me back to like what I felt sitting in uh, the pediatrician's office. It was cold, it was the scariest thing ever. 
um, to hear your child has something. Again, I didn't know what it was. And to not know what the trajectory was. So, you know, we're going home, we're driving this long drive home, and I'm thinking, like, what, what is wrong with our child? Like, and I was in so much denial for a while. Um, I didn't call right away. Uh, family, they were trying to be supportive, and they would say, there's nothing wrong with him. Your cousin, cousin's cousin didn't walk until he was, like, 16. And I'm like, oh, my God, get out of here. Um, but they were just trying to be, like, helpful. And it got to the point where it was like, you know what, let's have somebody come in, evaluate, prove this doctor wrong, uh, who wasted our time and our our mental capacity. And uh, they came into the house. It was a really quick, it seemed like a quick assessment. And they're like, yeah, he's um, on the autism spectrum and he needs intensive therapy um, a couple of times a week. And it was like final then, like it was like final, final. And Google became my best friend. I was reading as much as I could read. Um, I think I was reading the worst case scenarios and just, I already had my son not going to college. I already had him like, I don't know, living in a group home. This is how my mind just kind of like basically catastrophized the whole thing and just like spiraled. And soon after all the denial and then the realization of like there's this is what it is, I felt such extreme guilt because I started thinking like, okay, well, obviously it had to be something that I did wrong. And so, you know, I would go back and look at my pregnancy and I'm like, well, I don't know if I took the vitamins every day like I was supposed to. Maybe there was times where I forgot. With my first son, I was like throwing up so much. I was like, well, maybe the vitamins didn't, you know, sit in my system long enough. And I did get a fever when I was pregnant with him and just all the things that, you know, anything, any reason to f say it was my fault. Um, and that, that I held for a very long time. And I didn't tell family I was feeling like that. I didn't tell friends I was feeling like that. I didn't even tell my own husband I was feeling like that because I felt so much shame uh, in that. Then, you know, I had my pity party of the why me. You, you would think it was a death sentence, which in reality it wasn't. Um, what did I do wrong? And uh, I was just desperate to find resources and other moms that were like me that were going through the same journey because again, I didn't know anyone. And uh, again, I was Googling, looking for support groups, anything I can put my hands on. If there was walks, I was like, let me go to walks because I should have resources. And, um, but still I wasn't finding a connection with people. Um, I would give my number, people wouldn't call, but the reality is a lot of times their children were maybe five or 10 steps ahead of my child. And what I mean by that is that they had years of my child. The, the mom had been through my battle already. And so it was a struggle to connect with someone who was like in it in the moment. I, and I also think I didn't need someone who was already in it to just kind of tell me, you know, it's going to be okay. Listen, I felt like you felt um, the denial, the fear, the anger, the resent, all that. 
Um, I just needed someone to tell me it was going to be okay. And for a long time, my family still didn't believe it. Who's this doctor to say that there's something wrong with the child? And just like all these things. And I was so quick to just want to believe that the doctor was wrong. And he wasn't. And so, again, I was searching for a community, community, and it didn't happen overnight that I was able to find anyone. And as my son, you know, started to go through school, it was hard for me because I worked full time. And so I wasn't able to see the other parents that may have been like stay home, stay at home parents who would drop their child off or pick their child up from school. I didn't have those opportunities. The only time that I would see other parents was basically at the parent-teacher conferences and passing or um, small little events um, at the school. And I got so angry at the system that there was like no one out there. Uh, And actually in my anger, um, I I use it as my fuel because I said, you know what, like I know there's people out there like me and I'm going to I'm going to start my own support group. And that's what I did. I um, started a group. It was in a, the first group was in a library. I think it was like through what we call Eventbrite. You know, you hold an event. um, You hope anybody in New Jersey, I'm from New Jersey, anybody would see it and then decide to come. And I am a therapist. I'm a mental health therapist and a substance um, use disorder uh, licensed professional. And I had friends who said, you know, we want to support you. So we're going to come that first um, group to be there as support. And that was, like, amazing. And I had bought all these refreshments. It was in the local library. And I think about only two people showed up. And I got discouraged. And I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't think this is. One, her child was like, I mean, like he was an adult. Um, and the other I can't really recall, but I, I, it was a challenge to build a connection. And I wanted to stop going, and I wanted to give up. And luckily, again, I had such great therapists that I worked with who were just like, no, keep going, keep going. And then um, as time went on, COVID happened, and uh, everybody knows about the shutdown. And I, it went virtual. And that group... So many, and for anyone who had a special needs uh, child during the time of COVID, it was, I mean, it was a struggle. My son needed so many different services, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, and um, a behavioral assistant. Um, and he wasn't getting those um, resources uh, because people were not coming out to the homes. Everything was like virtual. And my son has a difficult time attending. And what I mean by that is that he's not gonna look at you in your eyes. And if you want him to focus on something, you really have to draw him in. Um, So him sitting in front of a computer was not something that was working for him. And uh, he began over time uh, regressing. And I'm, I'm sure other parents out there had similar situations. I mean, I'm sure um, some of their kids were in uh, residentials, and I know a lot of residentials were sending the the children or the young adults back home, um, and then parents were dealing with that transition. 
So, I mean, the virtual world helped so much because it gave autism parents the ability to be able to not have to, again, get in your car and go somewhere, but it allowed for, you know, autism moms, like, everywhere, you could be anywhere, to be able to just jump, do a click and jump on. And that group was amazing. It was, it grew, it grew, it grew. Each one friend would tell another friend, another friend would tell another friend. And to this day, I have like friends in like other states because of that. And so, again, as the years went by, I realized that while we focus a lot on supporting our children, far too often our emotional struggle, struggles, our emotional struggles go unnoticed and unaddressed. We begin to forget about ourselves as we try to pour everything we have into our children. And that's what I did. I wanted to learn everything I could learn. I wanted to do what the therapist told me to do and tenfold. I didn't question what was being said in IEP meetings because I'm like, you know what? They're the experts. They know. They have to know this stuff. And over time, I realized that, no, who's the expert? It's me. It's you, the parent. And in my losing myself, because I did lose myself for a period of time, because, again, I was so focused on every putting my life on hold to give my child everything. And, again, this is I'm talking about my first son because when I had my second son, um, the game changed, and I was, like, a little more um, educated, in tune, and felt like I had this. Um, but what we know, one autism child is one autism child. It's not that they're all the same. Um, there's different things. There's different challenges. And I was just, again, working, coming home, doing everything I thought I was supposed to be doing to the point where I ended up, I remember I was sitting on the couch one day and I was just like not feeling right. Like, I don't know. Like I, and for me to go to the hospital, it's like the, like you have to like, my legs have to be coming off, like literally in front of me, like literally hanging off, blood, gore, all that. And at the time, I was like, I, I have to go to the hospital. Like, I just don't feel right. I, I just don't feel right. My heart, my chest hurts. I don't feel right. And so got to the hospital, not thinking anything. And I was, um, they took, you know, the blood work and all that kind of jazz or whatever. And then they told me, like, well, um, your blood pressure is, like, through the roof. Uh, you're dehydrated. Uh, we could admit you. But they... Um, I said, no, there's no way you can do that. I, have a, I was like, I have an autism child. You can. Who's going to take care of my child? Well, my husband could have, at the time could have taken care of the child. But I was not trying to stay in nobody's hospital room. And I lay there, and I'm getting this, like, drip. This had never happened to me before. And it wasn't to that point where I was just like, I could have died. Because like, what do they say? Like, it's the um, women, uh, you know, we, we die of heart attacks, I think, at a greater rate or it's than, than men. Um, and often we kind of like push through. We don't see the signs. And, and uh, now looking back, because even the nurse was just like, didn't you see the signs? Like, didn't you feel this? Or were you feeling this? And I'm like, I don't really know. Because you know what? I didn't slow down enough to be in tune with myself and my body. And so, you know, I thought I was a new person and I got out of the hospital and I did, was on blood pressure medication, still on blood pressure medication. And I calmed down for a little bit. And then 
I was just like, I got to pour into my son. I got to pour into my son. I got to do everything I, I need to do. Um, and I don't know what like what divine intervention happened, but I and because I, you know, when we talk about self-care, taking care of yourself, like and, and it's real. I felt so selfish to do anything for myself, anything, anything. I would feel guilty if I was like sitting down and my son was like, let's say he was doing his ABA therapy and stuff. Like, I feel like I had to be there um, instead of, you know, like going in the other room and just breathing and relaxing and taking a break. Um, But I got to the point where I was just so exhausted, so burnt out mentally and physically from a lot of my own doing, um, not processing really what happened, that I... You know, basically, again, began to, like, shut down. Um, and, again, through the course of time, I ended up being able to carve out some time. I mean, and I don't know if anybody else has had this happen where people will say to you, well, you need to find time for self-care. You need to find a time. you got to make the time. And I was just like, nonsense. Like, who got time? If you're a special needs mom, like, you are doing so many things. I'm not just sitting with my child. I'm, like, looking at IEP reports from the last three years, seeing if this goal that they have is the same goal from, like, 10 years ago, um, fighting in IEP meetings to change the goals or get appropriate services for our children, going to doctors' um, offices wondering, oh, my gosh, like, is there going to be a sensory thing that happens where my son has a meltdown? Do I have to worry about other parents looking at my child because they just don't get it? Or they think, oh, my gosh, he looks like a science project, right? Like, like it, it, it was a massive amount of things that I had to, to, to manage aside from a, being in a marriage and working full time. But I was able to do it. I was able to carve the time. My first carve out time was going to Chipotle. If I pronounce it, I always pronounce it wrong. So I'm hoping I pronounce it right this time. Going to Chipotle. And um, I my goal was to pick it up and then go home. But for some reason, I was like, I picked it up, sat in the car and just sat in silence and ate it. And that was like the best thing. Just watching people. There was quiet. There was peace. I was with myself, and I was able to enjoy it. Some people would call that mindful eating. Um, And I was able to do that, and I I felt recharged because when I got home, I felt good. I also felt like, oh, my gosh, like I can't tell nobody because now they're going to know my secret. And so for a while, like I was like chilling and, you know, and I was the regular in the the parking lot. Um, And, again, for those moms out there, it's important to – just take a few minutes even to breathe. I didn't even realize I had a breathing issue. Like my my breathing was so like like not normal breaths. Like I would just kind of like it was like unsteady. And I had to relearn how to, to breathe, fully breathe into my nose and, you know, and then blow fully out and extend my stomach. And I, re- I had to relearn all those things because I was so used to being in what we call that fight or flight state of mind where it's about survival, um, always looking to see what threat was going to happen, who's looking at my child, what's going to happen next, who could hurt me, who could hurt my kid. And after a while, that takes a toll on you. Um, and we know like with our 
you know, our stress hormone, cortisol, you know, that increases. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy. And when we don't find that time, again, a lot of us are hyper-focused on our children. When we don't find that two minutes, five minutes, whatever minutes you can carve out, you begin to deplete your whatever you have left, the energy, the mental capacity, you deplete that. And so just getting back to the why of this podcast, the podcast is basically to shine a light that it's okay to say my needs matter too. Because unfortunately, us moms, we go unnoticed. We go unnoticed. And it's okay to go for your dreams, your wishes, and your desires right? Like it's okay to have a vision of something more for yourself while parenting a child who's on the spectrum. It's, it's, and it's a good thing. It's when we feel like we don't have anything that we begin to start resenting life. Who got time for that? And I just want to let you know that in you, there is like unwavering strength. Like I don't really, I never realized how strong I was. People have told me all the time, oh, you're so strong, you're so strong. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But you are so strong. And so I want you to rediscover your strength. I want you to rediscover your resilience. And I want you to re just understand your purpose beyond the diagnosis that you were given, that your child was given. And it's time to remember, like, how badass you truly are. And, and when I think about it, I've had countless I was, people over the years just walk up to me and, again, say, wow, I couldn't do what you do. How do you do that? Wow, I used to hate that question. And I don't know how many people out there hated that question, too. I, it would, I would boil with that question because my thought process was like, okay, well, um, you just, you're a mom. You just do it. Like, there are no questions asked. But... It took years for me to really sit in it, sit in it and realize, you know what? Like, yeah, like there are many people who couldn't do what we do. Many people. I was thinking about, you know, my son is getting, my oldest son is getting older and some of the aggressive behaviors um, were, were coming out. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm a therapist. I should know what to do. You know, the shoulds, right? I should know what to do. And I didn't know what to do. And there was times where we had to try to talk with him, you know, had to protect ourselves um, from being harmed or protect him from being harmed. And then the school would reach out to me and say, oh, he hit, he spit, he slapped, he this, he that. And they would have a whole army that were trying to de-escalate him. And uh, again, another therapist was saying to me, but you're one person and you are able to de-escalate de them. It took a whole team of people to de-escalate him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, shoot, I'm like Rambo. I don't know if people remember that scene where he was all like sweaty and had the guns and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm built strong. And so now when people come up to me and be like, oh, I don't know how you do that. And I now I'm like, um... Thank you. Thank you. I guess I, you know, I got some, some strength. I'm built for this. Thank you. And 
it took me a minute to take a step back to really realize that we have a lot on us. It's like a heavy, heavy weight. And the emotions we struggle with, the sleepless nights, the never-ending fear, and I've had many sleepless nights, and ongoing fear, and it could, I mean, I'm telling you, like the fear has its own neighborhood, zip code, right? I have fear of failure, fear of the unknown, fearing fear, fearing dying, fearing, 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 fearing. That's no life to live, being afraid. It's not what we're here for. And so in my journey, in my process, I have transformed so immensely. I had to let go and allow acceptance, acceptance to enter my life. It wasn't until I truly accepted that this is what my children are. It's not, this is what they're diagnosed with. This is not just all, that all who they are. There's so many other things. But this is just a part of their journey. And once I was able to accept that and let go and stop fighting and um, frustrated and no and yeah, nah, is when I really felt like a, a peace come over me. And again, I don't know if anybody else out there, when you got to the true point of accepting, well, this is what it is. And so I'm going to do what I'm going to do and live in the moment. I had to shed the overwhelm. I had to shed the why me, my little pity party. I had to shed so many layers of me. I had to break up with fear and I had to embrace the unknown. And it w only through that process was it that I allowed me to adapt to any new challenges that came my way. And again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you and say, like, oh, I don't have any fear anymore. And oh, I don't um go into my why me. But you know what? It's not as long and it's not intense, and I'm able to snap out of it much quicker than I did before. So by listening to this podcast, it's really gonna pull the badass out of you. Because it's there. And being a badass autism mom, it does, it's, it's not just a title, especially for me. It's not just a title, but it's totally a mindset. It's shifting your old ways of thinking. The I can'ts to the I can's. Because think about it. Was there ever a time where your child wasn't doing something you thought they would never be able to do, and now they're doing it? My oldest son... When he was little, all he would do was eat oatmeal. I hate oatmeal. I mean, um, sorry for the people who love oatmeal. I just, there's something about it. I don't know, maybe it's a texture thing, but I don't like it. And uh, he loved it. And he only wanted a specific kind of oatmeal. It was like apple cinnamon in a box. You know, you have to like, I don't know, boil some hot water, put the stuff in, boom, done. And I was like, well, he is never going to eat anything else. And then I kind of stopped trying because it would just be like he'd push it away and it was oatmeal. And I can't even, I can't even believe I'm telling the story. And I'll never forget, I 
had went to Popeye's to get food for my mom and whoever and stuff. And I knew he wasn't going to eat it and stuff like that. And um, so we sit down at the table and we're eating it. And he is like all on my grill, like staring at me. And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, okay. My mom's like, maybe he wants some. I'm like, really? Like, I don't know. Let me tell you. I, my mom was like, let me get him a plate. So she gave him some, and he tore that chicken up. He must have had a thigh and a leg. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And from and people, it's hard. I had to bring my mom in because I'm like, nobody will believe me. But, like, from that day on, and I don't know, Popeyes, y'all need to get me on some kind of a commercial or something. But And it's not the cure to, like, feeding issues. I just want people to know you can't just go to, you know, eat Popeyes. And then now we don't have a feeding issue. No. Um, but it worked for my son because now he eats everything. Everything. Anything and everything you give him, he loves it. And don't get me wrong. Going back to being a badass mom, not being a title, but that it's a mindset. But I want you to know that it does not mean that you are flawless or that you have it all figured out. Right? We're not, we, we don't all have it figured out. And we all have flaws. It, what it truly means, and I want you to go get a piece of paper or something, something, a notebook, whatever you can get, your hand, whatever. And I want you to write this down and place it wherever you know you will see it every day. Some people put things on their fridge. Uh, some people put things on their mirrors. But I, I want you to write this down. What it means to be badass is that you acknowledge that it starts with learning how to say no without all the guilt. So boundaries, right? Like, you know, there was times where I needed to set boundaries, healthy boundaries with people. And sometimes it's with the ones that you love. And it at times comes along with that feeling of guilt. Oh, I feel bad. You know, I should have. No, because what's going to happen is if you don't set those boundaries, you're going to feel even worse. So there had to, there was times where I had to tell other people in my life who wanted to give advice and well-meaning and some, I don't even know. And I had to say, no, thank, I got this. Thank you. Oh, you did some research and you saw that, oh, if you take this pill to cure, oh, if you do this. I had to set those boundaries. Thank you, but I'm not. No, thank you. And it's okay. Secondly, it's important to prioritize your mental health. That's important. They say if you're not well, how is your child going to be well? And it's interesting. You, um, when, as moms, we're pregnant, our child is in our stomach and everything like that. We have to take care of ourselves. Like we have to, aside from like nurturing that baby, like we have to be healthy. We have to exercise. We have to eat right. We have to, because uh, you know the baby could take so much of us um, in the process of their development. So it's important to take that and remi remind yourself, like, you still need to do that. It means celebrating small victories. And I, I feel like autism moms, um, the ones that I know are the most humble people. 
and are the most grateful for the smallest things, right? Like when he ate that piece of chicken, he ate the skin too. I was like, oh my God. I was like jumping up. You would think I won the lottery 10 times. It's those small victories that keep us going. Finding strength in your vulnerability. And that's a hard one. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. No one wants to cry. No one wants to let people in. But you know what? There is strength in that. Um, and I like how, you know, Brene Brown talks about um, being vulnerable. It opens us up. It allows, I, was, I feel like, light to come through. And it takes courage to be vulnerable. Embracing the unpredictable. The, embracing the unpredictable nature of your life, right? Our life is unpredictable, right? We don't know. We're gonna, we wake up. We don't know what we're waking up to, what behavior we're waking up to, what mood we're waking up to. And we don't know what's going to happen with our child during the course of the day or even at night. I don't know that last night my son decided, like, he didn't want to sleep at all and then crash at, like, 6 in the morning and it's, like, school time. But this is what it is. This is our life. It's also important to start, as a badass mom, it's, it's important to start forgiving yourself. So all those things you think you did wrong, forgive yourself. Because the reality is you did nothing wrong. And the reality is right now you're doing everything right to the best of your ability. And learning how to find joy and and to love yourself, not despite your struggles, but because of them. I'm going to say that one more time. Learning how to find joy and love yourself, not despite your struggles, but because of them. Love yourself. We all struggle. Some battles are bigger than others. But finding joy, finding peace, the only people who can create that is yourself. Now, whether you're a new mom to the world of autism or a veteran, you got some years in, or you're even a supportive listener, right? Like maybe you're a provider, a therapist who's working with a mom who has a child with autism. This podcast is for you. So I can't wait until you hear the stories, the experiences, and the triumphs of other badass moms who have harnessed their inner strength, because we're going to have them on. Um, I've listened to other podcasts. I've, a lot of them are really great. And uh, the podcasts that I connect to are podcasts where I'm hearing some, another mom's journey. It's... it's, it's one thing to be on the outside of it, but when you're really in it every day, there's more power in that. Like if she can get through it or she's going through that, I can do that too. And so with each episode, we're going to explore strategies, some tips, what you could do, help your mental health, some mindset shifts. So some of us have this like kind of fixed way of thinking like, I can't, and it's not possible. This is what it is. It doesn't have to be. You're going to get tools. And you're going to get tools from other moms um, that they used 
to overcome obstacles. And I always say that the tools, the mindset shifts, the strategies we use make us fierce, determined, and courageous. And that's what you'll become listening to this podcast. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to find strength from one another. One badass episode at a time. Because with each episode, you are going to learn something about you. Or you're going to be like, hey, um, my friend, hey, listen to this podcast because I think this could help you. Most importantly, I want you to know that your journey as an autism mom is valid. It's valid. Your feelings, they do matter. It's okay to have good and bad days. It's okay to have the the highs and the lows. But it's also okay to ask for help. Let's empower you to become the badass autism mom you were always meant to be. So as we wrap this episode, I can't wait to talk with you every week. I can't wait till other moms come on here and you're like, oh, my God, that's my story. I can relate. I can connect or I can connect someone else. I can't wait. And this podcast will be weekly. And we will air every Tuesday, every Tuesday. Our first episode is coming out. Uh, well, our, our, our the, you know, this episode has, is, comes out on like a Thursday, but our episodes going forward uh, will be every Tuesday. And so with that, just make sure that you invite others to subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. I'm, and I would love feedback, but please subscribe because with you subscribing, it continues to build our community. Listen, I'm ready to take over the world. I'm ready to connect with autism moms everywhere. I don't care where you're at. And I would love for you to be on the show. So, again, with love, stay fierce, stay determined, and stay courageous. I'll see you next week. Guess what, ladies? The excitement doesn't end here. We're always on the lookout for badass moms. So if you or someone you know has a remarkable story to share, we want to hear from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, simply visit our website at www.autismforbadassmoms.com and fill out that guest application form. We review each submission carefully and select guests who align with our show's objectives. Remember, this is your chance to share your badass journey. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity.